I walked on dry ground. I'm Greg, and I believe in a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Hello, and welcome to the I Walked on Dry Ground podcast. I'm Greg, and I believe in the hope of a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Season one of my podcast is when I talk about my story and how I relate to the crossing of the Red Sea and just the whole picture of the Israelites in their journey out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, into the desert, and beyond. So if you've listened to the earlier episodes, you've already gotten a taste of some different aspects of this story that I relate to. And today I'm going to talk about how the Egyptians were destroyed, quote, like a stone into mighty waters. And that's the title of this podcast. And if you didn't hear my last podcast, I'm also trying something new. I'm doing a little bit faster pace and a little bit higher energy for me. Uh, based on my wife's feedback of my first episodes being a little bit slower than my personality usually comes across. So please send me your feedback on which version you like better. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Like a stone into mighty waters. Thanks for listening. I'm going to start out today by reading a scripture like I typically do. This one, I'm going to move over to Nehemiah. So Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 11. You divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground, but you hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into mighty waters. I love this picture of God utterly destroying Israel's pursuers, those that wanted Israel's death, those that had Israel's death basically guaranteed. I mean, Israel had no chance against Pharaoh's army, and yet God completely destroyed them, and the Israelites didn't even have to fight the battle. Yet that didn't change. The the fear was real. The threat of destruction was real for the Israelites before this miracle happened where God split the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to cross through and destroy the Egyptians with that same sea. I see that as a picture of Jesus, and listen to my last episode for more on that. But today I'm going to talk about like a stone into mighty waters. All of these elements of Pharaoh's army, from the horsemen to the foot soldiers, things that made his army mighty and formidable, things that made his army scary and basically undefeatable were destroyed. And I see that in my own story. There were things that made my addiction mighty and made my addiction formidable. And through my recovery, those things were destroyed. So the things I'm going to talk about are denial, secrets, isolation, and shame. And I think about these as different parts of Pharaoh's army. 
they all banded together and formed a mighty force that had the power to destroy me. These are things that pop up for a lot of guys stuck in addiction. And I don't have any experience with alcohol addiction or drug addiction. My experience is with sexual addiction. But it seems that a lot of these do pop up in in just addictions in general. But anyway, so let's jump in. Uh, I'm going to explore a little bit more about each one of these facets. So kind of in, in order of increasing magnitude or increasing destructiveness, the way that I see it, the way I prepared this podcast, uh, starting with denial. So denial, I'm going to call it like a like a young foot soldier in the in Pharaoh's army. Just, you know, a guy that has destructive power and can definitely take down some Israelites. In my prior episodes, I talked about uh, when my recovery started, actually two years and 364 days before this day of this recording, which is December 12th, 2019. So almost three years ago, I love numbers, by the way, I'm a I'm a math major, and so I know to the day that I walked in my first SAA meeting, Sex Addicts Anonymous. This is where my recovery started. Um, I had just confessed to my wife that I had been looking at pictures online and masturbating. She was not happy, obviously, and we, we had a tough weekend that weekend. And me, I didn't know what to do, where to go, who to tell what help to seek. So, but I knew about 12 step groups and I went to an SAA meeting on Tuesday night in San Diego and I walked in and, and I was scared. I I talk about this more in, in other episodes, but I was scared. I didn't think I was an addict. I mean, in my mind, I was an engineer. I was a successful, polite, polished, likable, guy. I was not an addict. In my mind, an addict was somebody from a movie who was just itching and scratching and clawing for drugs, basically. Or a sexual addict was some sort of like pervert and just greasy and creepy, etc. So here I'm walking into this SAA meeting and I don't, I'm in denial. I don't think I have an addiction. And so I walk in and and you know that um, if you haven't been to a 12-step group, you see them on on movies or TV shows. And I, and I always, after going to a group, and I have a place in my heart for, for my 12-step group, um, I became more sensitive to those movie portrayals. It's like, it's always kind of a joke. It's like, hi, I'm Greg. I'm a da-da-da addict. And then they talk about like, I don't know, whatever. They'd always do these little jokes and it just, I have such a deep appreciation for that group and the men who are courageous enough to uh, show up and share. And I'm just getting emotional just because it just has such a special place in my heart that I'll just never, I'll never forget that season of my life where I had such such men who are courageously fighting their own battles and sharing so vulnerably and allowing me to share so vulnerably. But anyway, back to the topic. I was in there and I didn't think I had a problem. I just, I introduced myself as Greg J. I didn't, I didn't admit an addiction. 
I had to come to an evidence-based conclusion with the help of, of recovery material and, and pure desire, seven pillars of freedom. Um, and also there's an objective test called the SAST test, which there's a link on my website, uh, redcmentoring.com, or you can just Google it. It's an objective test. You just answer like 46 questions and it tells you, no, you have nothing to worry about. Or it basically told me I have an addiction, my result of that quiz. And also just looking at my points of powerlessness, because that's that's a big part of an addiction, just being powerless to stop and also building up, you know, a tolerance and getting into worse and worse or more concentrated material, you know, whatever that looks like in a sexual addiction. But in denial, I didn't think I had a problem, so I had nothing to really drill down into. And when I humbly admitted that I was an addict and I was my addiction was unmanageable, then I had something to drill down into. And I could really kind of get to a broken place because there's a pride that wants to, wants to tell me that I'm not an addict, that I'm better than that, that, I, that that's like somehow decreases my worth or my value. And that, that's a lie. That's not true. It doesn't matter if I'm an addict or not, or if I have a sexual addiction or a video game addiction or a food addiction, or I'm just a person who doesn't think I'm an addict. Like that doesn't change my worth. That doesn't change my identity. Yet it was hard to let go and break through that pride and, and admit that I was an addict. And so denial was the first thing to really break for me. It was the first thing to die. It was, it was the foe that of, of the four I'm going to talk about was probably the least powerful Yet it still had to die. I mean, if if God closed the Red Sea over all of Pharaoh's army except, say, the foot soldiers, the foot soldiers could still kill, like take out the Israelites. So let's move on. Next topic I want to talk about is secrets. So these I'll I'll call these like the the older like battle hardened foot soldiers. So these are stronger than than the younger foot soldiers and can do more damage. The thing I kind of want to reflect on is the quote, you're only as sick as your secrets. Even if I, I think I have it all together, I have it nailed in either my recovery or my life. And yet there's this one area or this one thing or this group of things that I tell myself, I'm never going to share this with anyone. That's where the quote comes in. You're only as sick as your secrets. That's always going to drag you down. That's that would have dragged me down. So there were a lot. So going into my recovery, there were a lot of secrets that I hadn't told anybody. That I had no like in my own mind, in my own heart, in my own knowledge. I had no reason to tell anybody. And I'm not going to share them right now on the podcast. But those had to come out. Those had to lose their power. In essence, they had to be killed. And this was a huge, huge step in my recovery. In Pure Desire, there's a lesson where I wrote out, you know, the significant details of my addiction story. In SAA, I wrote eight to 12 pages of my story, the best I could remember and understand my addiction story from childhood all the way to present day. And that's called a first step 
here I am sitting in front of a group of 12 to 15 men and just sharing everything I could possibly remember. Not holding back, feeling panic and and extreme anxiety going into it, feeling numb afterwards. And these are things where I learned like, that's a big deal. And I took good care of myself afterwards. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know how to, but I was told just kind of go easy on yourself and don't try to jump back into hard work, you know, right away. And like, and I, I do believe that, like when I do hard things these days, I, I try to go easy on myself and not push through that, whatever that is, that exhaustion that comes or that numbness that comes after doing something so hard and so new that I'm just left feeling um, numb. But anyway, so I got all my secrets out and that took all the power from that and allowed me to start healing. It doesn't lose all its power right away. It's not magical. It's just a huge step. It's like if I'm taking little steps by going to all my meetings and forming relationships, this is like kind of a bigger step than those things. So next thing I want to talk about is isolation. This is like, I'm going to call this like special forces. Like this is a huge destructive force in the life of an addict. It's like divide and conquer. It's like the enemy has an isolated Christian. That isolated Christian is way more vulnerable than one who is in in, um, accountability, true accountability and relationship and open and honest with those around him. These warriors of isolation are powerful to destroy. And what this means is, you know, when I was, before I started recovery, I was facing life basically alone. Now I had contact, I had social contact, like every day I had a career, I had a job where I worked eight to five every day. I had all these things. I had friends, you know, but I didn't share anything deep or hard or, and I started to actually when I became a Christian, but I didn't, I didn't really have a regular support system, a support network. And you may be listening to this and and you've heard all this all your life and you're like, I get it. Isolation is not good. And I mean, there's nothing that I'm going to say really that is probably going to motivate you to come out of whatever isolation you may have in your life if you are, you know, admittedly isolated. Um, you, You can reach out to me if you want to come out of isolation. I'll help you kind of figure that out. Isolation is, you know, it may not be physical isolation, but it's emotional isolation. That's a big one. Just I was not allowing myself to be known by others. And in that, I have no way to process what I'm going through. Things become more unbearable. I don't make sense out of my circumstances. I don't make sense out of my emotions. I don't talk through them. I don't share them. And I have no support. How can I be supported if I don't expose my areas that need support? Now, in recovery, I learned the value of relationship with other men. And Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So coming out of isolation and recovery, I started making phone calls each week with, with these other brothers who were in my, my peer desire group. Started 
coming out of isolation and learning what it looks like to check in and share really where I'm at. What's going on in my world emotionally? What's the lowest and darkest place I've been at in the last week? What are the things I'm working on honestly in my life that I'm struggling with, struggling in a good sense, struggling to gain traction on? What am I committed to? How am I doing on my commitments? Like these things are unbelievably valuable to me and I still practice these things and I have four really good friends who I talk to each week and I do the same things I did in recovery. And I I mean, I'm still in recovery. This is year three, approaching year four. And I can't imagine life without these things. And so for me, that looks like standing phone calls every week and talking to friends and and my wife as well, Uh, just sharing from my heart and being open and honest with her and just allowing her to be the loving, supportive person that she is. Because Again, like I said earlier, if I don't expose my my parts or my points that need support, how can she apply her support and her love to to my life? So in those things, isolation was destroyed. And then finally, the last thing, and this is a big one for me, shame. Now, if you haven't heard the difference between guilt and shame, guilt is I've done something wrong. Shame is I am wrong. Guilt is, I've made a mistake, and shame is, I am a mistake. Shame has been such a huge destructive force and element in Pharaoh's army for me. And shame I see as this the big one, the chariots. These are the horse-drawn battle carriages driven by experienced, bloodthirsty killers. The shame, shame... <laughs> Shame, shame will just run, run me over without even slowing down. Shame has a big horse with spikes on it, maybe even a couple dudes in the carriage, one with a bow and arrow and one with a spear, and maybe a third one driving it and spikes on the wheels on each side. And just I just have no chance. I have no chance. Only God can destroy that. Only God can give me the identity. Only God can redefine, redefine my image of myself in my mind. Only God can come can allow me to come close enough to Him where these destructive forces can't get me. These carriages of death and <laughs> went a little crazy on that picture of the of the chariot. <laughs> but I, I really believe that. that. This is the big one for me. And I and I think still, like if you read the account in Exodus 14 where God destroys the Egyptians right in front of the Israelites' eyes, and they see these bodies wash up on the shore. And they witness the death of this army. So I've witnessed the death of shame in my life. But, or and, I think there's a couple of these warriors, these guys who are driving these chariots, still kind of swimming out there. But I say that they're they're certainly drowning and I have the full complete victory over shame in my life. But I think there's still some warriors swimming around in there that every once in a while I see them and I get scared or I see them and they still affect me. The reason I say I have the victory, I'm confident that's, that's going away because as I live and I get more and more distant from my addiction and my addictive mindset, my addictive way of thinking, my old view of myself, my identity as just 
only being worth what I what I do, and more on taking the identity of a son of God and my identity in Christ as a child of a beloved child of God whom He's pleased with, He's excited about. These are taking over my heart, and shame is being is losing ground and being killed off. Um, God has given me the victory over Pharaoh's army. And, and I'm looking forward. I'm moving on to the promised land. I'm crossing the Jordan River. I'm not crossing the Red Sea anymore. Thank you guys for listening to Like a Stone into Mighty Waters, where God absolutely destroyed Pharaoh's army and all the elements of it. He destroyed the elements of my addiction. I hope you got some inspiration from this or some encouragement wherever you're at on your journey. If you're in recovery, if you haven't started your recovery, if you're in year 20 of your recovery. I hope you've found some encouragement or some insight from my story and the way that I identify with the Israelites. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to my podcast. I have one right now, my wife. All right. God bless everybody listening and I'll talk to you later.